Today's share is Masechta Yivamas Daflamates. We will begin on Daflamates on the base, two lines from the Bama by Amr. In our previous year, we had learned the Mishnah and the Gemara, and the Mishnah and the Gemara had asked the question on the Mishnah. The Mishnah discussed a woman who was a Shemeris Yavam. And the Mishnah said that a Shemeris Yavam who has, who gets property during the period that she is a Shemeris Yavam, the Mishnah said the halacha is that everybody agreed, both Beisham and Beisel agreed, that whatever she does, she could do any business transaction with those, with, with, with those assets. And then the Mishnah continued to discuss that if the Shemeris Yovim died, the Machlokes Beisham and Beisel, what to do with the Nechsim Melog. Beisham said to divide them, and Basil says, Nechosim Becheskosim Kayim. And the Gemara asked the question, why in the Reisha is it clearly considered in her that the assets belong to her? And why in the Sefer is it not that way? As we just learned, Beishamay says, Yechloiku, Basil says, Nechosim Becheskosim Kayim. So Ula explained that the Reisha is referring to a situation that her marriage with her first husband was a marriage of Arison. And since the mar- since that marriage was a marriage of Arison, so the Zika that is formed from such a marriage is a weaker Zika. And therefore her relationship with her Yavam with her Yavam or Yavamim is a much weaker relationship. And that's why the halacha is that she is in control of those assets. Whereas in the Sefer, she had Nesuin with her husband. Therefore, their relationship was a much firmer, stronger relationship. And that's why in the Sefer, the halacha is the, the machlokes that we just quoted, Beisha and Beisalim. Rabba give a different tarots. Rabba says in the Reisha, as we just described in explaining the Mishnah, she's still alive. Since in the Reisha, in the Reisha She's still alive, so she's a vadai, and we quoted the halacha of ain't sophic mitzim de vadai. She certainly has has something to say here; has a share in this. The yavam is questionable, ain't sophic mitzim de vadai. Whereas in the sefer, it's not. She, it's both. She's she's not alive. That's why it's treated differently. Abai comes now to give a different teretz. Reisha, the Reisha is referring to assets, the Nafalop, that came into her possession, she Shemeris Yavim, while she was still a Shemeris Yavim. And therefore, since she was, those assets came to her possession while she was in that Shemeris Yavim stage, which as we keep on explaining, her band is not just such a strong brand. That's why they're hers. Safer, whereas the safer is referring to assets, the law that came into her possession, she tachted the Baal, that her husband was still alive, and therefore the Yavam, who is, takes over the place of the husband, as we often discuss, is a much strong, has a much stronger hand in those Nechassim, and that's why she has more of a claim, he has more of a claim to it, as is evident in the Mishnah. And Abaya holds that when a woman is in the sewer, the husband and the wife are equal partners in the assets. They're equal. And therefore, when her husband died, that weakens the Yavam's position. The Yavam's entire position is really as an extension of the husband who passed away. And now the relationship between the Yavam and the Yavama is only a relationship of Zika. Since it's a weaker relationship, that's why she has control of those assets. And therefore, if she were to die while she's a Shemeris Yavam, her Yarshim would get control of those assets. The Beishamay, on the other hand, holds, that's Beishel's opinion. Beishamay's opinion held is that while they're married, the husband's rights are even greater than the wife's. Because as we've learned so many times, 
the husband has to control what to do with those assets. And therefore, when the husband dies, and she's now a Zukuka, the Yavam's position is weaker than the position of the husband, and therefore, says Beishamai, they're equal. And therefore, since they're equal, Beishamai says, Yachloiku. Says, says Rava to Abaya. Amalei Rava. So Rava says to Abaya, If these assets became hers while she was still married to her first husband, the everybody would agree that the husband's rights are stronger than the wife's rights in assets as long as they're married. The husband's rights in the Nuxim Malug are greater than the wife's rights in the Nuxim Malug. And therefore, when the husband dies and she now is a Zuk Kuka, she's a Shemaris Yovam, and the Yovam's position is weaker than the husband's position. The Halach is that they're equal, the Yovam and the Shemaris Yovam. And therefore, if she dies while she was a Shemaris Yovam, it says Rava, Basila would agree that they Yarsha Av, Yarsha Bal, Yarshim, and her husband's Yarshim, meaning the Yavam or the Yavamim, brother her brother in laws, her husband's brothers, all share. Ella says Rava, Idi the Rash in the Sefer explains Rava, is referring to a situation, the Nafalakishimaris Yavam, that the assets that are being discussed in our Mishnah are assets that she came in, that came to her only after her first husband passed away. And therefore, since the assets became hers only after her husband dies, the Yavim, who we keep on repeating, is just an extension of, of her husband, is not, has really no rights in those assets because he's just a, an extension of the husband. What happened here? And therefore, Reisha, but the difference between the Reisha and the Sefer, explains Rava, is did the Yavim do Maimer? The Reisha is referring to a situation where Maimer was not done. And since Maimer was done, there is no relationship between the husband and between the, this Yavama and Yavam, because Zika alone doesn't create that strong relationship that he should have rights to her assets. Sefer, however, is referring to a situation of a mamer, where he did mamer. And Beishamai opinion, as we learned earlier in the Masechta, and Avchavtesom and Aleph, is mamer koina medaraisam. That according to Beishamai, mamer has a place medaraisam. So now, they're considered like husband and wife. And since they have that type of relationship, that's why Beishamai in the Sefer says, Cholkim, if she now passes away, before the Yovan was able to do up and make her his full-fledged wife, he still had a strong bond with her, and her assets are divided between her father's, between her Yarshim and her Yovan. Beishamai, on the other hand, is of the opinion that Maimer doesn't have any place with the Raisa. And as we know, Midaraisa, the only the only way to deal with Yivam is either with Yibam marrying her, having Bia, or Chalitza. Chazal, as we often mention, said that the Maimer should be done. Maimer is the appropriate thing should be done. It shouldn't just be that a Yivam has Bia with the Yivama and they get married. But that doesn't mean that it really has any validity in Midaraisa. It doesn't give the Yavim any further rights. And therefore, any assets that are in her possession remain there. The Yavim has no claim to them. Says the Gemara, the Savarava, Maimel Beishamai, Rav is explaining that according to Beishamai, Maimel accomplishes also Kavade Arusa Vesavk Nasua. That even though, of course, Maimel is not midaraisa. It does have it does have the power to make it like she's a vada rusa v'sofik nesua, and therefore she is considered strongly bound to him. It says the Gemara vada rusa. She's considered like a rusa litchis pitzara. So there's two pshatim in the rishonim. What does it mean that litchis pitzara? Rashi means that it accomplishes. 
that that she is uh, that she now beca- that the halacha will be that uh, the halacha of a chayis kuka of a chayis ishtoi will kick in because of maimer. That means if a if a yavam did maimer in his yavama, and if and afterwards her sister, obviously from another brother that died, falls to the yavam. This sister that falls now to the Yavama, to Yavam from another brother, has considered like a chais ishtai. That's the way Rashi learns. Tysus says a different shot. Tysus says that what Maimur accomplishes is that, as we know, that if a man died and he left over a number of widows, the Allah is all of the widows are supposed to, are all. Zakuka are all candidates for Yibam Chalitza. But says Taisus, what Beishamai means to say is that if Maimer was done with one of those widows, all the other widows who are Tsaris, who are the co-wives of that original wife, the Allah is will not be will not be eligible for Yibam because this one that Maimer was done with becomes that woman. And Maimer also accomplishes that much. According to Beishamai, that makes into a suffix nesua lachlik benachasim. The relationship is a, a, a halachic relationship, of course, not complete relationship, and but accomplishes that much that any assets that she has are divided between the yavam and her yarshim, were she to pass away during this period. Says the Gemara, this machloikus that we just had between Abai and Rava, how to understand the opinion by Shammai, actually was said before them. Itmim Shmei de Belaza Kavasei de Rava. Rav had the same interpretation as Rava just had in the, machloi, in the opinion of Shammai. Itmim Shmei de Belaza Kavasei de Kavasei de Abaya. Abaya and Belaza Kavasei explained Shammai's opinion like Abaya. Ask the Gemara, Umiyam Rav Belaza Hacha, did Rav indeed explain Beishami's opinion that according to Rava, that it depends according to Beishami how strong Maimer is affects. But ask the Gemara, Hamar Abelazar, Maimer Beishami in a kind of the Ela Litchet Bavad. The only thing that Maimer does is that it makes that the Tzara Rashi's Pshat, Taisus Pshat, there aren't candidates for Yibam, but not anymore. But according to Rav's explanation, and now we're saying that that Rebbe agrees with that explanation, Maimer, according to Beishamai, makes her into a Suffolk Nesua. That we never saw Rebbe say, says the Gemara Epoch. We have to reverse the opinion. Rebbe holds like Abaya, and Rabbi Yosef Bechanina explained Beishamai like Rav. And we don't need to make any reversals. When I said that Maimer only accomplishes that the Tzara, whoever that is, does is not a candidate for Yibum, what I meant to say is the Lesagat that you can't just divorce her with a get. That normally, of course, we know that Allah is that a husband and wife, if they want to terminate the marriage, you give a get. A woman who's a Yavama and had Maimer from her Yavam, a get would not be sufficient. But, says Rebbe Lachak Belechasim Delaikani, the halacha that we spoke about, what does the Maimer accomplish regarding these assets? Mi'amri. I never spoke about that, and it could be I would agree that according to Beishamai, the, the, there is some, there is a strong bond here that gives the Yavam a right to a degree in those assets. Says the Gemara Amram Papa, the Yuka the Masnison, we learn the Mishnah well, Abaya, the opinion of Abaya that said that the Nechassim, the difference between the Ration and the Sefer is that the Ration is talking about Nechassim that fell to her after her husband died, whereas the Sefer is talking about Nechassim that fell to her while her husband was still alive, and then her husband died. And now she's a Shemeris Yavam. And now the Machlaikas Beisham Beisilal. How do we look at that relationship? That is the explanation. Even though Kasha, the question will be why would we have to have the 
Mishnah speak about a case of Mesa. In other words, what the Gemara is saying, if according to Abaya, the question that the Mishnah is addressing is any in the Chassim that were in the hands of the Yavama while her husband was still alive, how do we look at the how do we look at the Yavam's right to the Chassim? If we're going to say that is the discussion of our Mishnah, so that discussion is a strong discussion. And the fact that she died or didn't die is immaterial to that discussion. And that's why the Gemara is saying, if Abayi's, even though Abayi's explanation is a wonderful way of explaining the Mishnah, we still have this question, why did the Mishnah have to speak about Mesa? And Repop explains what, it's, what he meant to say. The Tani, the Mishnah, in the second part of the Mishnah said, Nechasim and Nechnasim Yaitzim Imai. The Nechasim, what does it mean that they come... Where they go? What does nechasim and yotzim mean? My yotzim, lav nechasim l'shusabal. The nechasim that came to her while she was still married. The yotzim, and the when it says yotzim, it means that she, now her husband died and she shemeres yovim. And the question is that they going l'shusabal l'shusav that. They, do they still remain under the husband or the Yavam, who's the extension of the husband, as we keep on explaining, or they go to her Yoshim? But even though, as we just said, if that's the explanation of the Mishnah, we have a question, why did the Mishnah have to speak about a case of Mesa? We could have taught this halacha even if she didn't die. Says the Gemara, you're right, but the reason the Mishnah spoke about the case that she died, Adamifikli Begufa, Velacha Misa, Instead of arguing if they get a share in the property after she dies, they could also have had an argument that while they are alive, and the question is, who is entitled to those payers? According to Beishamai, they're equal, and since they're equal, both of them get a shear in the Paris, the Yavam and the Shemeris Yavam. According to base Hillel, Yada, she's in a stronger position, Nechasim Bechaskasim, and she gets all the Paris. And that is indeed a question. However, Vesulam Midi, that even though we have this question, there is no further conversation. But we learned further in the Mishnah, Kansa, that once the Yavam does Yivam, Harei Ki Ishtal Chaldava, the considered full-fledged husband and wife. Ask the Gemara, Amr Rabbi what is the Mishnah trying to teach us with this halacha? Amr Rabbi Yosef Loimer Shemigarsha that if Shemigarsha beget that if they want to terminate this marriage, the only way to terminate it is with a get or machzira, and that he could take her back, like any woman who gets divorced from her husband, as long as she didn't get married to another man, she could go back to. Her husband asked the Gemara, Mikash beget that if now after he did the yibum, they want to end the marriage. He wants to end the marriage. He gives a get. Ask the Gemara pshita. Why? Of course, the husband and wife, and the way a marriage is is terminated is with a get. Answers the Gemara. Salkadat chamina. Since the Torah says v'loch alav isha v'yibma, of merachmana, a dying yivume rishna we would say that the band of yibum remains forever. And since the band of Yibam remains forever, we know that how is the band of Yibam terminated? Bechalitza in Beget Loi, that only with a Chalitza, not with a Get. Kamash Malan, no, she's a full fledged wife, and the way to terminate the marriage is with a Get. Says the Ritva, the Gemara never meant to say that she shouldn't need a Get, and that only Chalitza should be satisfactory. What the Gemara meant to say was that she should have. Both, if they want to terminate the marriage, she should have to have both a get and a chalitza. And we learned the other halach is that once they become husband and wife, all the halachas of husband and wife apply. Says the, so says the Gemara, of course, pshita, they are now husband and wife. Answers the Gemara, Sakatat Chamina, Mitzvah de Rechmana Le Avdop. He did the mitzvah of doing Yibun with this woman. Hashtop, and now. When they get and now when they get divorced, she should revert back to the original Isser of Tekum Lebe Isser Eshesach, that that original Isser should go back, Kamash Malon. Ask the Gemara, but maybe, 
Maybe once he divorces her, she reverts back to her original status of being an Aishas Ach to this man, and he may not marry her. Answers the Gemara. The Torah teaches us once he did Yibam in this woman, she's considered his full, she's considered a full-fledged wife. And the Isser Eishas Ach is removed forever. However, we did also learn in the Mishnah that even though when a husband marries a wife, as we've been discussing, he has to write for her a ksuba, here, he doesn't have to write the ksuba. The ksuba is on the original husband's assets. My tama. Why is she different than any other wife that a husband has to write a ksuba for his wife? Says the Gemara. When is there a locha that a husband has to write a ksuba for his wife? When a man has a, when a man gets married, one of his obligations is to write a ksuba. But this is not a man who choose who chose a wife and has to give her a ksuba. This was something that was I don't want to use the word force, but this was something that the tyrant mandates they get married. But says the Gemara, even if the even if if there are no assets left from the first husband, then Even though we just learned that this new husband, the Yavam, need not is not required to write a ksuba, that's only if there are assets from the first marriage. But if there are no assets from the first marriage, then he does have to write her a ksuba. And the reason is, What was the reason the Chazal instituted a ksuba? The reason Chazal instituted a ksuba is that she should... He, that it should not be, that it should be easy to get divorced. Man should be get angry and divorce. But if he's going to have to pay ksuba, then he'll think twice. And that's applicable here too. If the Yavam, after he gets married to the Yavama, will think it's easy for me to get divorced, he'll get divorced too quickly. And that's why if the first husband then leave assets for the ksuba, he has to pay. So the question is, if that's the halacha, that anyway he's going to have to pay the ksuba, whether it's from the assets of the first husband or from the assets of his his assets, so what's the nafkamina? So the answer is that every person, when he sells a property, so one of the things that's commonly done is a title search. We see, does he have any liens on his property? And the truth is that every married Jewish man has a lien one lien on his property, and that is the ksuba that he owes his wife. This husband, if the first husband left over assets, and the ksuba, as we're learning now, if there are those assets, are collected from those assets, that title search won't show any liens on the Yavam's property, because whatever obligation there is, is all from the first husband's properties, not from his property. That's the nafkamina. Another nafkamina is regarding the chasm shibadim, which is very simpler, but we'll speak about it another time. It says the Mishnah Mitzvah Gal Yavim. We spoke earlier in Amasechta. The Tarek Dosha says, teaches us the Torah from the words Vayi Bechar, as we learned, that the Mitzvah of Yibam is on the oldest brother. Loi Ratzah. If he doesn't want to do it, we go to all the other brothers if they want to do it. If none of the brothers want to do Yibam, they go back to the other oldest brother. None of your brothers were prepared to do. You have to do something. If he doesn't want to do Chalitza and he says, Let's wait until my younger brother gets old enough to be able to do Yibam. Oi, he says, or the brother, that oldest brother here, but there are older brothers not here. And he says, Godel, let's wait. My older brother's overseas. Let's wait till he comes back. Oi, that. Let we have a brother who's a cherish cotton. Hopefully he'll get better. Let's wait till he gets better. We don't We don't pay attention to any delay. We tell him, Alecha Mitzvah, you have the obligation to do the mitzvah. 
do what you want. You don't want to do Yibam, you don't have to do Yibam. But you have to do at least Chalitza. You can't just try to, you can't try to push it off. So the question that I saw that's asked, the Mishnah said that the oldest brother, Mitzvah Gadol Yabin, the oldest brother has the obligation. If he declines, then we go to one of the other brothers. And then the Mishnah continued, what would be the Allah if one of the other brothers decline? But the question that needs to be asked is if, as the Mishnah said, and we said that it's a, it's a, Dinda, it's a dinda raisa, because of the words vahaya bachar, that the mitzvah god liyabim. So the question is, why don't we force him to do the mitzvah properly? So the Sefer Binas Adam answers, the only time that Bezdin intervenes and forces somebody to do a mitzvah, says the Binas Adam, is only in a situation where if he won't do the mitzvah, the mitzvah won't be fulfilled properly won't be fulfilled at all. But if the question is only what he calls an anfeya mitzvah, yes, the mitzvah preferably should be done by the godl. But if the mitzvah is not done by the godl, it's done by one of the other brothers, there, there, he has, there the mitzvah is going to be fulfilled, fulfilled, albeit maybe not in the best way. But since the mitzvah is going to be fulfilled anyway, then the halacha is that we go... To, we don't force him to do the mitzvah when there's that option available. The only time we force somebody to do the mitzvah is if we won't demand that it be done, the mitzvah will not be fulfilled at, at all. Furthermore, interesting, Machloikis, we shine him. Mishnah said, mitzvah god liyabim. The oldest brother has the mitzvah. What happens if the other, oldest brother, as we discussed in our Mishnah, declines? What is the halacha? Do we... Though we go to other brothers also, the oldest of this other brothers goes first, or is this the, it's only a did in the oldest brother. Once it's not the oldest brother who's going to do it, then all the other brothers are equal. Rambam's opinion is that all the other brothers are equal. Once it's the oldest brother declined, all the other brothers are the same. The Rashi and the Raiva disagree, and they say that all the other brothers are are not the same. We go to the oldest first, the next to the oldest, and then so on. The Mishnah also spoke that the brother says, well, let's wait till my brother comes back from Medina Sayyam. And there's a very big discussion, machlekes, between the Trumas Adeshen and the Bach. The Trumas Adeshen says Medina Sayyam means Medina Sayyam. It means overseas. And as we often discuss, in those days, overseas was really overseas, and it was hard and uncommon that people came back easily and quickly from overseas. But if this other brother is not Medina Siyam, he's not home, but he's out of town, not overseas, then that would be acceptable that we should wait for him. The Bach disagrees. The Bach says that as long as he's not here, as long as he's not here, and the Bach brings a raya from the words of the Torah. The Torah says, the Torah doesn't quote the Mishnah by saying Medina Sayyam. The quote, the Torah says, he's not here. And we, that's not an, we don't wait for him. We use the brother who is here and is available. Itman. So our Mishnah discussed that the mitzvah, what's going to be what does that mean? That is means strictly for Yibam. And if he wants to do Chalitza, the beer of a younger brother is preferable than the Chalitza of the older brother? Or does the Mishnah mean to say that the first oldest brother has the mitzvah, whether he's going to be performing Chalitza or Yibam? And, if, and therefore, if the oldest brother is prepared to do Chalitza, even though there's a younger brother who is prepared to do Yibam, we go to the older brother. Itma, so says the Gemara, we learned. When we have an option, we have BS cotton, we could have the younger brother doing Yibam, or Chalitza Godel, or the older brother is prepared to do Chalitza. What is preferable? Pligabla says the Gemara, Chanam BS cotton Adifa, Yibam is always preferable, even though it's being performed by the younger brother. Chanam Chalitza Godel Adifa, the Chalitza of the older brothers 
preferable. And explains the Gemara. Mandama B is cotton adifa. The mandama that says the B of the cotton is preferable. The mitzvayibam. Preferably, mitzvayibam. So if there's a brother here, albeit the younger brother that's prepared to do yibam, that's what we should do. Mandama chalitz is godl adifa. Because mokim godl, when we have a godl, as we've been learning, the godl always comes first. And since the godl always comes first, Therefore, the beast cotton under these circumstances laugh klumu. And it's obvious, explains the Ritva, that our Mishnah is a following opinion with something that we're going to be discussing extensively, that Yibum is the preferable mitzvah over Chalitza. And the Manda Amr says that, that we always follow the Godel, because as Rashi explains, the Torah put the responsibility on the Godel. Not to say, says say the Rishonim, that when the cotton does the mitzvah, it's not a fulfillment of the mitzvah. Of course it's a fulfillment of the mitzvah. But that's not what the Torah primarily wanted. The Torah wanted that it should be done by the Godel, says the Gemara. So we have this question, what is preferable, the bee of the cotton or the chalitz of the Godel? Ask the Gemara, or the Gemara wants to bring a raya from our Mishnah. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, Lairotso, if the oldest brother didn't want to do it, then we go to the other brothers. My love, doesn't the Mishnah mean to say that the oldest brother did not want to do Yibam, all he wanted to do was Chalitza, and we learn in our Mishnah teaching us, we go to all the other brothers. Isn't this clearly an indication? That we go to a younger brother who may do Yibam, preferable over the chalitza of the older brother. And isn't that an answer to our question? Loi. What it means that the Mishnah is saying is that the oldest brother, he didn't want to do either anything. And therefore, that's when we go to the older brother. So we have here interesting that according to the opinion that we're trying to say, the Mishnah says, that bees cotton is better the question is that if the girl wants to do chalitza, what do we do? Do we just do the chalitza or do we ask the younger brother, what do you want to do? Some say that we ask the brother what we want to do. The others say that only if the younger brother volunteers do we go to the younger brother. But if the older brother says, I'm prepared to do chalitza, we don't do anything more. Says the Gemara, if you're going to say Loirotso, that the older brother didn't want to do not Chalitza, not Yibum. And that's why we went to the younger brothers. So let's continue the Kavasaw. Let's continue learning the Mishnah. Lagaba Achim. The Mishnah then continues speaking about the brothers. And the brother the Mishnah said the Loirotso. And the Mishnah said that the other brothers also didn't want. And we're saying now that the definition of Loirotso means Loilachos Loyabim. That the other brothers didn't want to do not Chalitza Loyibum. So then the question is, Amai, Chayzim Eitz HaGadl. Why do we go back to the oldest brother? To force him. If we're going to say that the older brother didn't want to do Yibam, he only wanted to do Chalitza. And the other brothers didn't want to do Yibam either, only one Chalitza. So that's why we understand why we go back to the oldest brother and say, okay, do Chalitza. Because all of you are willing to do Chalitza and you, the oldest brother, is preferable. But if the Mishnah means to say that none of the brothers wanted to do chalitza or yibam, why do we have to go back to the oldest brother? When the, when, when the Bezdin asks one of the younger brothers, are you going to do yibam and chalitza? And they refuse. Nikfil to do. We should force one of the younger brothers to do it. Once the older brother refused to do anything, so all the brothers are equal. So, why do we go back to the oldest brother? Answers the Gemara. Keeping the mitzvah lay the day, Ramye. Since, as we keep on repeating, the mitzvah primarily is on the oldest brother. So yes, if one of the younger brothers was prepared to do something, we're not going to force, as I explained earlier, the older brother. But if all of them are equal in their refusal, we go back to the youngest, oldest brother, because says the Gemara, keeping the mitzvah lay the day, Ramye. The primary mitzvah is on him, but the day kafinan, we force him. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, if, one, if the older brother didn't want to do Yibam, Vitala, and he gave an explanation, but a cotton, 
that we should wait till the cotton till he becomes achiyigdol ain't shemesloi. Ask the Gemara, but if we're learning now, ibi is cotton adifa. If we're learning that the mitzvah of yibam is preferable over anything else, so why do we not do so? Am I in Shemloi? Why don't we listen to, why do we ignore what the older brothers say? Ninter, should we not indeed wait to until the godl become, until he becomes a godl and he'll be able to do the proper mitzvah? Ask the Gemara. The Mishnah said, with the godl at Shavim Medina Sayam. If he said, that let's wait till the brother comes back from overseas. Ain't Shemloi. Why don't we listen to him? Am I? Why don't we? Ninter the Mosvichalitz. What happened here? An older brother, the oldest brother is overseas. If you hold that using the oldest brother is always preferable, so why don't we wait till he comes back? Whatever he's going to do, the oldest brother is best. So why don't we indeed wait until he comes back and be able to have the oldest brother? Ella says the Gemara, a new concept that the Mishnah is teaching us. Everybody agrees that, that we never want to delay a mitzvah. And here, since there's a mitzvah to be waited, we don't want to wait. So here the Mishnah introduced the concept the, of shui mitzvah lemishaninen. We don't delay, we don't delay a mitzvah. But it's interesting. The Shulchan Aruch quoting the Truma Sedeshan, as we're going to say, discusses the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana. We know that the mitzvah, the preferable way of doing Kiddush Levana, is to do it mitzvah Shabbos, because that's when the person is wearing his nice clothing of Shabbos, his nice his Shabbos garments, and it's mitzvah to do Kiddush Levana when you're dressed in that way. The question is if you could do Kiddush Levana during the week. Should you delay it till Matzah Shabbos or not? The Bach says, Al Gemara just introduced the concept of Koshui Mitzvah We never delay a mitzvah. And if we don't delay a mitzvah, we should do it on weekday, not wait for Matzah Shabbos. However, the Ramah quotes the Truma Sedeshen that it should be delayed till Matzah Shabbos. Of course, the Ramah says, it should not be delayed to Matzah Shabbos if it involves delaying it past 10 days in the month. So the Truma Sedeshin is explaining that you're allowed to delay a mitzvah in order to perform the mitzvah better. So if that's the question, that's the halacha, why don't we say the same in our Gemara? If we're learning that the primary way of fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibam is with the oldest brother, so why do we not wait for the oldest brother to come back? says the Truman Sedeshin, because when the brother is overseas, it's not a concern if the brother is not is going to do it later. He may never come back, or it may take a very long time. And just like we said, that if you're going to delay the Kiddush Levana past the 10th day in the month, we don't delay it. Here too, it's such a situation. And therefore, it could well be, going back to a subject that we discussed earlier in our shir. If the brother is expected to come back soon, we maybe should wait to do the mitzvah properly. Another explanation that the Numuka Yosef gives is that when we speak about a Yavama and her, and the Yibum or the Chalitza being delayed, until, as we often discuss, until the Yibum or Chalitza are done, she is an Aguna. And the Halacha often speaks about the halacha of Mishum Eguna. Chazal were extremely concerned that we don't want to make this Aguna wait. That we don't want to make this woman have to wait that she should be able to get remarried. There are many ramifications to this halacha. We know that every morning we put on talus tefillin. We first put on the talus and then the tefillin. But the halacha is that let's say, the Magen Avram says, you don't have your talus readily available. So the question is, should you put on your tefillin immediately, or should you wait till the talus is brought, and then put on, uh, and then put on your talus and then tefillin? So if we follow the concept of shumitzulay mishaninam, we should wait, we should not wait. On the other hand, we learned in this Gemara that sometimes, we just discussed discussion, shumitzadeshin, mitzvah, that it is properly, to, it is proper 
to do mitzvah and amufcha, which means putting on the talis before the tefillin. There, the reason we put on the talis before the tefillin is for a whole different explanation, because there it's two separate mitzvahs. So of course we should do it in the proper order. But if the proper, if that can't be done, and since we're talking about two separate mitzvahs, the Allah is we should do the the tefillin first. Istamri, the Gemara brings a different version of the Machlaikas between Rabbi Yochanan and Shum and Levi. Bebiyah, if the younger brother wants to do Yibam, and the older brother wants to do Chalitza, says the Gemara, Kulam Aloy the Biz Kot Nadifa. Yibam, as we explained earlier in our shir, is the preferable mitzvah. Ki Pligi, the question is, Bechalitza's cotton. When the younger brothers prepare to do chalitza, vachitma, chalitza's cotton, chalitza's cotton. Both brothers are prepared to do chalitza. Says the Gemara, plagued by Rabbi Yochanan Meshuma Levi. It's the subject of a machlokes Rabbi Yochanan Meshuma Levi. Chanam chalitza's cotton adifam. It's preferable to do the older brothers should do chalitza. Chanam kedadi nenu. Since they're not doing yibum, they're all the same. And the Gemara explains. Mandam the mandam that says that the chalitza of the godl is preferable, because as we've been learning, the Torah says, and therefore, mitzvah godl, there's always a mitzvah to have the godl perform. Vidach, the other mandam holds, when is there a concept of mitzvah godl? That's when yibum. It's a mitzvah that yibum should be done. And not only the mitzvah that should be done, it should be done by the oldest brother. Avlin chalitza, chalitza is not the preferable method anyway. Then kadodinenu says the Gemara that we're learning now that there may be this opinion is that when it comes to chalitza, all the brothers are the same. Ask the Gemara Tanan. We learned in our Mishnah Lairatsu, If the other brothers didn't want, we'll see what that means in a moment. My love. What did the Mish- didn't the Mishnah mean to say? That the other brothers now want to do Yibam. They wanted to do Chalitza. And yet the Mishnah says, Katani, We still should have the oldest brother do the Chalitza. Shmamino, isn't this a raya? The Chalitza Godl Adif, it's always preferable that the Godl should do Chalitza. Loy. So that's not the way to understand the Mishnah. The way to understand the Mishnah is that loy rotsu loy lachlas v'loy liyavim that the other brothers didn't want to do not yibam and not chalitza and that's when the halacha is we go back to the oldest brother says the gemara let's continue the kavasa gabagodl we'll continue learning the mishnah loy rotsu loy lachlas v'loy yachlim that if the oldest brother didn't want to do not chalitza v'yamim then the, the, nobody wants to do anything. Why do we go back to the oldest brother? To force him. But if all the brothers are the same, why don't we force one of the other brothers? Answers the Gemara, since the primary mitzvah is on him, the is, then we force him to do the mitzvah. So we see that the halacha is that it's preferable to use the oldest brother, but and if he could do the mitzvah, that's what we should do. And in fact, the Paiskim used this Gemara to discuss an interesting question. If somebody is able to do a bris meal himself, if somebody is able to shecht himself, should he have the bris meal be done by a moil? Should he have the meat slaughtered by a shaykhet? Or should he do it by, or, should, or should he do it himself? From here we see it's always better to do the mitzvah yourself. The only thing is, as we discussed earlier, it may be that even though it's better to have the mitzvah done by yourself, we don't force an old, we don't force a person to do a mitzvah that can be done any other way. Tashma says the Gemara, if the oldest brother who's here refuses to do Yibam Chalitza, the Tala, and as we discussed, he said, let's wait for my older brother to come back from Din Sayom, and Shemuloi. We don't listen to what he says. This Akadatuk says, the Gemara Chalitza is called Ladifa, it's always better to go to the oldest brother, oldest brother, Amai, and Shemuloi. Why don't we wait? Indeed, why don't we wait? Till the oldest brother comes, says the Gemara Tameich. Bekot Nachi Agdal. We're learning that Yibam is the preferable mitzvah. 
So if the brother said, let's wait till my younger brother becomes mature and he'll do the Bia, ain't Shemla, we don't wait. But again, why not? Why shouldn't we wait and he'll become an adult and be able to do the proper mitzvah of Yibam? Ella, because the concept that we learned before, we never want to delay the doing of a mitzvah. Says the Gemara, we learned in the Mishnah Masech the Bechayris, Dafyud Gimel Amen Aleph, Mitzvah Yibam Kaidemis Lemitzvah Chalitza. Yibam is preferable over Chalitza. It says the Gemara, when was that? Brishayna, originally, when somebody had this relation, he did it with the proper Kavona. Achshav, however, nowadays, Shem Miskavna Shem Shemaim, where there isn't, when you don't have the proper Kavona, Amru, they reversed and said, Melitzis Chalitza Kaidna Mitzvah Yibam. The Mitzvah Chalitza is preferable. Amarav, even though we're saying now Chalitza is preferable over Yibam and Kaifim, we don't force them to not do Yibam. If they want to do Yibam, they could do Yibam. And we can't, we won't stop, we won't stop them. Kiyosul Mekami the Rav. So says the Gemara, when a Yavim and a Yavama would come to Rav, Amalu, he would tell them, Iboy Chalitz, if you want to do Chalitza, Ibois Yavim. If you want, you can do Yibam. But the Doch Tala Rachmana, the Torah gave you the choice. The Torah says, If the Yavam declines to do Yibam, then do Chalitza. What do we see from here? If he does want to do Yibam, we buy chalitz, we buy yavim. He has the right to choose what he what he wants. He wants to do whatever he wants. We don't. We can't force them to do chalitza. But the asking Rabbi Yehuda begitted the chalitza. Rabbi Yehuda wrote in the get of the chalitza in the chalitza document. It says as follows: A plainis by plainis, a kravis yas yivama. This woman. Brought her, brought this man who's a yavam. Kadmala lebe dinner. If to us the bezdin, which the medoy da'ach nistem avu nehu, and we were able to determine that they are that he was the brother of the deceased. There's an interesting discussion we'll have later in the masechta. What type of determination needs to be done? Vamile, and we tell him eat savis the yavim. If it is your choice to do yivam, yavim. Viloi, and if you don't, it'll raglach the amina. Put out your right foot. Put out your right foot to that vishar sinam al regloi, and the wuyavama takes off his shoe from that foot. Virikis bevenoi, and she spits in front of him. Roika de meschazel beidina. It has to be saliva. It has to be spit. The bezdin sees it exiting her mouth. Al ara and it has to hit the ground. and we read What it says the whole parsha of in the of the Torah, and it's interesting. If we look in the Shulchan Aruch of Ezer, Simon Kuf Samech Tes Sif Nun, that's the Seder Chalitza. The Shulchan Aruch says that the Yav, the Yavam and the Yavama have to understand each other's, what they're saying. Because, and the Raya the Gros says to that rule in the Shulchan Aruch, is because it says, We ask him, what do you want to do? So it's clear that we have to, it has to be understood. And the question is, in Halacha, when does the Halacha require that when something is said, they need to be understood? Or when is the Halacha that it doesn't have to be understood? So Rav Chaim Kenevsky Zetzal, in his Sefer, Nachal Eisen, on the rules of Egla Rufa, so he says, the Torah tells us that the Zekenim, when they do the procedure of Egla Rufa, say, Yodeinu lo'ishavchu es adamazeh v'neinu l'rob. The Allah is that they have to understand what they're saying. Yet, so again, we see that when you say something, you have to understand what you're saying. On the other hand, we know that Allah is by Krishna, by Birch Samazan, even if you don't understand what you're saying, you yoitz the mitzvah. So what, when do you need to understand, and when don't you need to understand? So Chaim Kinevsky differentiate. 
He says, when somebody is saying something, not just for himself, he's saying something to someone else, there the halacha requires that you understand what you say. And that's why, by the parish of Egla Rufa, there's a Canaan making an announcement to everybody in the city. So they have to understand what they say. In this parish, the Yavam is speaking to the Yavama. It has to be understand what, what should be said. Whereas, Krishna, Birzamaz, and Tefillah, we're davening for ourselves. If we don't understand what we're saying, we don't need to understand it. What's the halacha by Birchus Kahanim he discusses? Birchus Kahanim, the halacha is that even if the Kayan doesn't understand the Birchus Kahanim, he yites the mitzvah. Because the Birchus Kahanim is not being said to somebody. What's the raya that it's not being said to somebody specifically? Because the halacha is that the Birchus Kahanim it works as a bracha even for the people who are not actually in, in the basic Knesset as the Birchus Kahanim is recited. So they're not even hearing it. So we're seeing that the Birkas Kahanim is not something that's said to somebody. It's being said between the Kayin to Hashem. Of course, as it's being said by the Kayin to Hashem, the Bracha is coming down to the people who are in the community. But it's not being said directly to them. And therefore the Kayin is Yoyt, so the Mitzvah Birkas Kahanim, even if he doesn't understand what's being said. The, the, the Lashon of, the, of this wording here was Vishtab Madua. What does that mean? How did Bezna know that the Yavim is a brother? Pligibar, Ravach Ravina, Kharama Ba'adam, you need to have Adam, Kharama Filu Karava Filu Isha. And it doesn't have to be full fledged Adam. Vilchsan indeed Alochi is Gila Milsab Amahu. All that's being said is that this is a brother and therefore Filu Karva Filu Isha are acceptable. So we learned in the Mishnah Bashanayam Skavnal Shay Mitzvah when people had the proper intent, it was better to do Yibam. However, people don't have the proper intent. But then they reversed themselves. Yibam is preferable. Ask the Gemara, did the world get better? And I saw Rabbi Ruchim Levavitz, the Mira Meshgich, explains that the world doesn't get better because as the world gets older, there were more and more Averas performed in this world. And every Avera, says Rabbi Yeruchim Zetzal, brings Tumma to the world. Since every Avera, he explains, brings Tumma to the world, the world can't get better. Says the Gemara originally it felt like, the, like Abishol, that if somebody does Yibam, not l'shem mitzvah. You're not fulfilling a mitzvah. And then they agree with the opinion of Rabbonim. If somebody marries his Yivama because she's beautiful, l'shem she just wants a wife, l'shem she's wealthy, she's really an anxious ach. Only when she, he does it l'shem mitzvah is it a mitzvah. And he says, if you didn't do it with the proper intention, the carve enai be'enai liyas of lav mamzer, because of as long as he does the mitzvah, even without the proper kavana, no matter how you do the mitzvah, you fulfill the mitzvah. There's interesting discussion in the Rishonim, if by Abishol somebody had both intentions, both l'shem noy or whatever, and l'shem mitzvah, is that considered that he had the proper intention or not?